So the big question is this. How are black people like us who were never taught how to actually chase our dreams or even run a business? How are we able to turn the thing that we have this deep burning passion for into a system that produces consistent and sustainable income? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Tafari Burke and welcome to the Dream Conversion Podcast. It's so funny because that's that's basically what they say marketing is, is articulating a transformation. You know what I mean? Because there's people don't buy people don't buy products, they buy transformations. So the people who businesses who tend to do the best are the people who can actually articulate the transformations the best. You know, a lot of times we because or we get so caught up in the logic of our product, we start spewing like features but all people care about is what's in it for them the benefits so if you articulated the benefits for people they're more you know because it's so yeah <laughs> and honestly it's all important bro it's all important it, it all plays a role whether we're talking about my dance my music your dance your your brand to far work it's all important and that's the thing that we have to start to normalize just conversation about anything progressive because a lot of times we kind of put conversation where it may work for that relationship or that friendship or what we're used to with that person like you and i normally we wouldn't converse about marketing all the time we converse about other things but we have to normalize every conversation because that's how we grow as a people that's how we have all of the tools and not just some of the tools so now nah, it's, it's I love it. I'm here all for it. I don't ever just want to just talk about dance or just music because I'm a whole human being. <laughs> but I love uh, it. I say, bro, you're you're really a true inspiration inspiration for me. Just the way you live your life, the transparency, your beliefs, all that. I've I feel super connected to you, bro. Cause hey, bro, I love you, bro. Like for real, like oh, yeah, that, like my my brother Zagazo Lorenzo Hanna. He says this to me, but also I say it to you. I feel like you're my soul brother. You know what I mean? We have family like that. We have soul connections because connection is real. We don't make connections. We just feel it. <laughs> Energy can't be created or destroyed, only transferred. For real. <laughs> um, so this whole, the dancer agency thing now, like how, how did that come about and how's that been? That came about from not wanting to ever see people go through what I've been through again. You know what I mean? I've had a very long career in this industry and People try to play me a lot. People have tried to play me a lot in the past and people have tried to play my friends. And I'm in a position where I'm up on a lot of the game where I know, oh, no, you're not going to tell him that. You're not going to charge him that. You're not going to say yes for that. So honestly, Dancer Agency is a talent agency that I literally created to make sure that my friends will go through what I've been through before. You know what I mean? And when they do go through what I've been through before, it's only for, for, for their learning. So what I've also learned, bro, what I've also learned, and I want to big up, I want to big up Slip and Aaliyah, two, two important people in my life, two close friends of mine, family of mine that taught me a big, big life lesson. And it's not necessarily that you have to protect your loved ones from everything. Because sometimes when you protect your loved ones from everything, you're actually doing them more harm than good. Like everything that I've learned and I can tell you and I can speak about on this interview is because I've been through all of that. So because I've been through all of that, it put me in a position where I wanted to be a protector so nobody else goes through that. And I did that for a long time. I did that with Dancer Family. I did that with my close friends. I did that with, with my girlfriend. I did that with my with, with, with my with my little brother. I did that with so many people. I try to protect them from so much for so long. But in the same essence, I'd get frustrated when they weren't learning and correcting 
and changing as they went along. But I had to realize that I wasn't even putting them in a position to learn. And that's what it's about. It's not about keeping people, keeping them away from being hurt. You cannot control hurt. You cannot control hurt. Hurt is something that you specifically feel, that you choose to feel. I can't control what you choose to feel. So I had to learn that, yo, bro, you're here making sure that they don't go through this, they don't go through that. You're going to protect them from this. You're going to protect them from that. But how am I building leaders if I'm going to make sure that I'm blocking them from everything? No, we're going to get hit. I'm going to get hit. I'm going to try to block. But sometimes you got to get a little hit so you know what it feels like too. Because I guess what? I'm going to need somebody to block me one day. And that's how you create. And that's how you build a team. So Dance Agency started off with that feeling, not that thought. I didn't write it down on paper. I didn't say this is what it's going to be. It was that feeling that I've always had all along. That feeling. So we started putting dancers on tours for the past few years. We've had dancers on tours through Europe and other places. Um, and this year, this year has been a major shift, a major, major shift. And I didn't expect it at all. So I was in Trinidad. I was in Trinidad in, in, in February and I did not go for carnival. I did not go to party. I did not go to have a great time. I went to Trinidad because I was going to build. I was going to work on some music and I was working with my brand consultant, Frenzy. Big up Daryl, big up Frenzy. While I was there, that's where I picked up. And I got to say, that's where I picked up my new love for reading. And I understand what you're saying. You just want to read. It feels so great. It's just like, even though these emotions inside, you start getting closer to the book. You start realizing that you're all up in it like this. You start, you start looking at it and you start protecting it. You start hugging it and kissing it. Somebody put something on top of it, you move it off like, nah. <laughs> Yo, it's so beautiful, but it's just like, it makes sense because it's magical because words are spelled. So put it in the book. But anyway, let's not get off topic because honestly, <laughs> we could do this interview for 17 hours. <laughs> but <laughs> so what I, what I learned, man, is just really just, I, I, in, in, in February, I started reading more. And I started falling deeper and deeper into love with, with reading. And, and really what I realized is when I was falling deeper and deeper into love with reading, it wasn't the books that I was falling deeper and deeper in love to. It wasn't the reading that I was falling deeper and deeper in love to. When you're reading, what voice are you hearing? Whose voice are you hearing? Yourself. Your own voice. So when you're reading, you're falling deeper and deeper in love with yourself. You're having conversations with yourself. You're sharing experiences with yourself that you may not even have experienced yet. So it's really the conversation that I realized I started having with me for once, for more often. Because I'd have many conversations with many people in these workshops around the world. Hundreds of people, thousands of people. My whole life became outward. It became output. And it had less input. And that's where it changed for me this year. And that's what quarantine did for me this year. And that's what I realized this year. I started talking to myself more. I started listening to myself more. I started understanding myself more, and that's how I started changing myself more. So from February, that's what I learned. In March, I went back to New York with a completely different mindset. I told myself, all right, cool. Now we're moving forward. We're going to get us office space for dancer agency. We started going around looking at office spaces. So it's like two grand a month. We're like, all right, cool. We got to figure this out. We got to get this because we need a place. Charlie and I and Nikki and I would be in the back of the van almost every night having vegan pizza. We still got the pictures right in the back of the van. Then COVID hit. Shut everything down. And you know, I called you too. I called everybody. I called everybody. And the reason I called everybody, it wasn't because I had a plan. It wasn't the plan. It was that I had an understanding. And the understanding is, is that no matter what plan that we come up with, we've got to do it together. 
we have to figure it out together. So I was in the car with Charlie, I was in the van, we were driving, I was on the road with him. And I called King, called King Kayak, and I said, yo, bro, what are you about to do? Because the studio's about to get shut down. What's about to happen? So he's just like, I don't know, I think I'm gonna teach on, I believe he said, Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said, I'm gonna teach on Zoom, I'm gonna do some classes. I did a class. So I'm like, all right, all right, cool. And I'm called you next. You're the second mm-hmm. person I called. And I was like, yo, bro, what's up? How are you? Yeah, mm-hmm. bro, what's, what's going on, bro? I was like, yo, so what's gonna go? What's going on? How are you gonna how are you gonna continue your workshops? You know, you're thinking about teaching anywhere private. And I think I remember you said you were thinking about Skype. Mm-hmm. You said, oh, I was thinking about Skype. Some people told me about it, but we'll, we'll try some ways. Mm-hmm. Then I started calling every other close friend in the industry in New York. Calling Afro instructors, dance instructors, or just friends that I know dancing can teach. And then we moved everybody all into the crib. And the reason we did that is because we realized that no matter what it is, and I'll always keep repeating it, community problems require community solutions. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are right now here in LA four months later because we did it week after week after week after week in New York. And mm-hmm. to say the honesty of it and the truth of it so people can understand, especially now in this moment, more than ever where creatives need to understand here that it's possible to pull ourselves out of this moment, that the stimulus checks are in our minds, that the true power is here week after week after week, spending $1,000 every single week booking the Airbnb in a time where the industry that we were already in, we couldn't even afford to pay that. Teaching workshops in New York, traveling around the world, booking music videos, we couldn't even pay $1,000 a week then. So now we're going to move everything online and move all the workshops online and then bring in an overhead that was more than triple what we're used to, but it gets better. Now we're going to remember the fights that we've been fighting all these years as dancers, all of those comments, all of those posts, pay us more, help us more, do this more. And then in the moment where everybody can finally hear our voice, we choose not to speak louder. We choose not to say the things we know we really want to say. We choose not to yell. You know what I mean? It's like, why do that? So we did the opposite. We made our classes the proper rate for us and for what we've been putting in. $20 a class. Yes, we got shit for it. Yes, it was tough. Yes, it was hard. But you know what's harder? What's harder is watching people that you know you love and respect get paid less than they work. That's what's harder. So if I got to do that, if we got to make sure that if I got to put myself in a, a compromising position where I'm paying four times more than I'm earning to change the narrative of the future generations, and that's what I have to do. And that's what I must do if I really say I love it. Because if we easily throw around that word love. I love my girl. I love my mom. I love you, bro. But the biggest example of love is our parents, people that we can never pay back. No matter what we did, no matter how much money we earned, if you were a millionaire tomorrow, you gave your mom $500,000, that will not pay her back because she gave you life. So the decisions that we make have to be that extreme when it comes to love, when it comes to loving a culture, when it comes to loving a group of people, when it comes to loving music. So if you love it, then you got to go all in week after week, getting closer, really becoming family, dancing together every day, waking up together, making breakfast together, crying together, telling stories together, 
watching the news and understanding, yo, what's going to go on together? Dance agency turned more into, into a light, a light that even I needed, a light that I, I needed because I learned from every single one of, one of these people in this house. The agency was just a platform for us all to stand on, for us all to learn, for us all to get closer. And that's all it's been. And I'm grateful. I'm ever grateful. I'm grateful for everything in life because life happens for you. Everything happens for you. And when things happen for us, we say, damn, I'm going through something. But if we would slow down just a little bit more and understand the etymology of the words that we're actually saying, the actual meaning of each single word that we choose to use in those moments. And, it's, and, 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 and the truest understanding is fight or flight. In those moments where you have to say the first thing on your mind, those moments where we're going through something so crazy that you just say, yo, bro, yo, yo, Tafari, I'm going through something that's really crazy, man. I don't understand, bro. Mm-hmm. The word that we use is I'm going through it. That means you're passing through it. That means it's not there to stop you. And if we truly embody that, embody that in our body, embody the feeling of it, not just hear it, not just listen to it, not just remember it, but allow words to do what words were meant to do, vibrate and take over, just like spells and casting spells. Allow those words to take over and embody those emotions, then that's when we truly unlock our superhuman abilities. Because all of that stuff is not fiction. If you want to take something from a black man, put it in a book. And if you want to hide something from people, fictionalize it. True power is embodied. That's what Superman was. And Superman was black too. <laughs> no, that's true. And it's funny that you said you started the agency because you wanted to protect people or you you didn't want your friends to go through the same thing. And I think it's funny that most businesses are that's how they're like born it's you you were once the target customer of the same business that you, you created <laughs> like, that's wild. You, you know so that's funny and i wanted to touch on something because you you were talking about learning and it's so funny i've started to um learn about storytelling like I'm starting to buy books on storytelling because I'm, I've learned that the best way to teach is through stories because just like what you said, when you are trying to like, even like your little brother or something or people who we really love, the reason why when you go through it physically, like when you actually have the experience or experience like the best teacher, the reason why that is because you get the emotional you get that emotional experience right away, you know? And the the problem when you're trying to teach somebody who never went through the emotional thing is that they're not connected to it. Mm. And that's, that is really what storytelling is, is because you have to now paint that same, that same moment. What was that? And it really explain it. And when you now do that, that's when you can, teach them all that other thing, like everything else that you want to teach them because it makes sense because now they've had that emotional epiphany. So now they can get the logical epiphany later. You know what I mean? So that makes sense. It, it, it makes sense. And now that they have the emotional epiphany, then they can create it in their mind. Now they, now they can see it too. You have to feel it to see it. You don't see it, then feel it. Exactly. You know? So that was, it was, it was that was funny that you said that. Um, I see that you you've started promoting this virtual um, VQ thing. How how did that how did that like come about? Come up? 
Mm-hmm. That came about because the same way, in the same way you said with where companies are built from and how they start, this they started they started to solve a problem, and we wanted to solve many problems with the dance of virtual corners. The first problem we wanted to solve, and the first the first priority, and and my first priority, is the dancers. Straight up, it's making sure that every creative and dancer around the world has the opportunity. It's not saying that everybody will be a part of it because energy is real, and we work with energy that is 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 supporting to what we've already created. So, Russia, Brazil, New York, Florida, LA. No matter where you are, you're probably quarantined. And no matter where you are as an artist, you probably don't have residual income unless you're lucky enough to be signed, get in this crazy music video, get into a dope ass commercial. And you know what I mean? Like a lot of luck and fortune goes into that. You know what I mean? So now creating a system where we can have a monthly subscription, where we can make money monthly to support what we need to do, not what we want to do, what we need to do, basic survival tips. That creates a system for us now where we don't have to wake up every day and run around and, and, and be in this studio and be in that studio or or even through the quarantine. We got to make sure we stream on time every time. No, we're going to make sure we stream on time, but we're also going to add another form of income for us because if we're going to if, if we're going to entertain, if we're going to heal, if we're going to do what people love us for, we have to be in a position to do it. We have to be in a position to do it. We can't. We need the shirts. We need the change. Mm-hmm. We need the energy, and that just goes down to basic breakfast. You know what I mean? So the virtual quarters is a monthly subscription, and we have tutorials, unlimited online tutorials. We have about about 30 or 40 now, and we have our dancers in Russia, our dancers sending over videos so that every month our students and ourselves, we can all do what we were doing before. Students can learn every single month just for $20 a month. $20 a month is the price of one class, but now we put it in a way where now everybody can train all together. So that came about literally is we needed to find a way to support ourselves because mm. we're not going to sit here waiting on stimulus checks. We're not going to mm. sit here and wait on people to come help us. We're going to fill out the grant applications. We're going to fill out the loan applications. We're going to fill out every application and we're also going to help ourselves. That's what's up, bro. Um, damn, I'm looking at the time now. I'm like, there's so much more I want to speak about. So what I actually think, I'd love to do like a part two to this interview, bro, because the gems and knowledge that's spinning right now is crazy. And I know a lot of, a lot of people would benefit from this. So, but I've <clears throat> through, again, like self-education, everything I've realized that knowledge by itself is in power because with that, that was happening to me is that I, I would read, learn so much things, but I never applied it. And I, I started getting frustrated because I'd see my friends around me. Not that I was envious. It's like, I would see them making more money than me and I knew they didn't know half as much as me. So I started realizing that if you don't apply anything, then the knowledge, like who really cares what you know? It just It's just theory thing and it just sounds cool. Like you just want to sound smart, you know? So learning how to apply everything, I've made that a staple of this. Like every podcast I try to do, I try to give some type of action step after because true like again, knowledge and everything, power comes from doing. So I want to ask you, what is something somebody could do right after listening to this podcast? Like what is something some what is something somebody can do right after listening to this? Right after this podcast, one thing that somebody has to do is what they know they need to do. And I say that that general, because that's a poster that I have on my laptop and I have down 
do what you know you need to do every single day. Do what you know you need to do, the things that you know you need to do, the things that you need to accomplish. So right now, after this podcast, the things that you know you need to accomplish right now, the things that you know you, you want to do, write it down. Write it all down, set a date, and start working backwards and start planning towards it because it doesn't exist until it's on paper. It's only in your mind and it's only in your brain. And we'll tell ourselves over and over, yeah, I got this crazy idea and I got this plan and it's crazy. It's going to be dope, but it doesn't exist until you write it down. So right now, no matter what you're doing, no matter who's listening, who's watching, what you're doing, if you want to cook, if you want to clean, if you want to help orphans, if you want to help elephants, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to open up a school for deaf, for the blind, I don't care what it is you want to do. If there's any dream, if there's any goal, if there's the slightest 1% of of passion inside for anything at all, right after this podcast, write it down. Okay. Well, y'all heard it. Y'all heard it, man. Write it down. Nothing nothing comes to fruition until it's on paper. So thank you, bro. It was a pleasure, pleasure with this interview. And like I said, we'll definitely do a part two. So thank you, man. For real, for real. Bro, it's my blessing. And I, I must say, I'm proud of you. I'm super, super proud of you. And beyond just being proud of you, I'm honored to be interviewed by you because I respect you and I also look up to you. You're a strong, strong, strong individual. You're super smart, super intelligent. You're super determined. And even from the first time we met, I remember the first time we met. I remember the first day I saw you. I remember that. And we were doing a music video in Brooklyn and with Bling. And when mm-hmm. you pulled up and Nelly was there too. And we were doing the music video and you were super quiet. You were really, really quiet. And you were just paying attention to everything. You were quiet but respectful. And you've always been that quiet and respectful. And it's very easy for somebody who grew up in environments like we did in New York City and, and especially where we're from to see somebody as quiet and just be like, I wonder what they're thinking. Do I trust them yet? It's very easy to do that. But it's also easy to just allow people to show you who they are. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful in this lifetime to have the opportunity to, to learn more and more about who you are while being your friend. It's, it's, it's a blessing to have friends in this lifetime, but it's even more of a blessing to have friends that you genuinely connect with. So mm-hmm. thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing, not for just pyro, not for just dancehall, not for just black people, but for people, period. Especially because what you're doing right now, starting a podcast, is exactly what we just spoke about. You wanted to do something and now you're doing it. And that's what it takes, application. So what I would say to you, bro, beyond everybody in this podcast, just continue doing what you've been doing this entire time and don't stop. Consistency. Consistency. Open up every door. Definitely. Um, tell the people where they can follow you at. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Blacka, B-L-A-C-K-A. You can follow me on YouTube. Uh, you can follow me on IG, Facebook, Twitter. Just type in Blacka the Dancer. That's B-L-A-C-K-A-D-I-D-A-N-C-A. You can also follow Dancer Agency. That's on Instagram, D-A-N-C-A-A-G-E-N-C-Y. I almost forgot how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would, I, would, I would definitely love, bro, to have more of these interviews with you. But honestly, let's just get on the phone more and chop it up and build because there's some really exciting things happening on this side. And I know there's some exciting things happening on your side. And I would just say for everybody watching this podcast in the next six months, look for some real exciting things from both of us. Thanks. <laughs> That's facts. All right, man. And I'll definitely put the Instagram handles and everything in the show notes for you guys in the description. So with that. Congratulations on listening to another episode of the Dream Conversion podcast. 
be sure to comment your thoughts feedback or anything in particular that resonated with you or that you learned throughout this episode also be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you stay up to date and you always get the latest episodes delivered directly to your phone if you like this episode in particular share it on all your other social media platforms and also be sure to follow me on instagram at tafari burke be sure to write me and just tell me your thoughts all right dream converters i'm out